Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Devin, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Hey, man, I'm pretty good for an old guy, really doing well. Uh, we're getting ready to move into the fall season. It's getting my time of year. You know, we got not only the fall fishing, but we got the hunting coming up, and I'm all excited about that. Glad to have you with us, Devin. Devin, I had somebody wanted to know the difference between the Jefferson Gun Outlet and the Jefferson Shooters Club. Why don't you explain that? Sure. So we have, um, we think of it anyway, as three separate business entities. On Airline Drive, right by uh, by David Drive, there's a gun store. And then behind it, there's a range. On Airline, it's called uh, Jefferson Gun Outlet. It's at 6719 Airline Drive in Metairie. And then right behind, it's in a separate building, but it looks to be the same building. Right behind that building, there's Jefferson Indoor Range, which is a uh, an indoor shooting range. It's set up mainly for bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, group events, stuff like that. So uh, So you can come in and shoot machine guns full auto machine guns Um, and then the one on if we go down the block a mile or two into Harahan that is the shooters club that's at 2338 Hickory uh, and that's more of a local shooting range the fees are are less it's it's less expensive to go shoot over there it's a little bit older it's an older building um, that's been around for I think it's close to 40 40 years it wasn't ours that long ago but it's been arranged for about 40 years so it's a little bit older um but very nice you know so if you're bringing your own gun you don't want to rent a gun if you don't want to buy ammo if you don't have a big group of people that want to rent a few guns or shoot a machine gun the range for you will probably be the shooters club it's in Harahan. and then if you just want to come you know, a couple times a year with your buddies or with your wife or your girlfriend or your husband, whoever, that would probably dra- uh, bring you to to the airline drive store, Jefferson Indoor Range, and Jefferson Gun Outlet. That's more of a um, more of a group party, higher end, uh, shoot interest and stuff that you you know would probably not shoot your whole life. Machine guns, you know, they have about sixty different machine guns and uh, quite a few machine gun packages so that is the two range those are the two ranges that we have and how they differ um, a little bit one's more of a tourist range one's more of a a local you know less expensive shoot your own gun kind of range if that makes any sense no it makes perfect sense now the owner michael meyer where are we likely to see him if at all 
Um, do you do you go on cruises a lot? <laughs> probably on a cruise. <laughs> probably on a cruise boat if you want to if you want to see him just okay. once a month. You know, get on a cruise boat and start screaming, Mike. <laughs> you might you might see him there. No, he's he's occasionally he's at airline. We've um we've accomplished a lot over the last four years or so. Uh, so he doesn't come around. I know you have. I know you have. Right. He doesn't come around quite as much. Usually if he's around a lot, um, it's usually my fault and something's not, not running the way it should. There's but, a problem, huh? Right, right. <laughs> he, he comes in when there's, yeah. when there's a problem. Now, the Shooters Club over on Hickory, I'm going back a ways, but I, you said, I think you said 40 years it was in business. The previous owner's name was Lewis. I can't recall his last name. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I don't know him, but I've met him a few times. Um, I met him a few times. Mm-hmm. I used to go shoot there with my father. I lived right by Little Farms um, growing up, you know, my whole life. So I was a stone's mm-hmm. throw away from, from the Shooters Club. But, yeah, I've met him before. I don't know him, you know, enough to to talk in detail about him but he was um a lot of people you know that you either loved him or you hated him supposedly that's that's the way the story goes but yeah, <laughs> that's it was, how most businesses are yeah right yeah but that was a yeah, range and it's been a range in that same spot in that neighborhood before we owned it and um for a very yeah. long time i think it was a range since like the 70s mm-hmm. or 80s long time yeah, easy. So so how did you get involved and interested in guns to where it became a career for you? I won a quiz show contest on the air, and they pulled me in, and no, I'm joking. I, uh, <laughs> I used to shoot there, and a buddy of mine, his name was Ryan. I went to, to school with him. Uh, he was in the same uh, group of friends as, as Matt Dubuque, you know, my other buddy. And um, he was working there. He was working there part-time. He was in the military. He st- still is, I believe. But um, but I was looking for work. I was fresh out of college and um, and was having trouble finding a job. And he said, man, why don't you come over and, and work a few days a week over there? I introduced me to Richard. They call him Gunny, uh, a good friend of mine now to this day. He was the, uh, the manager at uh, Shooter's Club. 10 years ago or so i think i started 2010 if my memory serves so about 10 years and um workaholic so you know i guess mike rewarded me a little bit and uh, and drugged me over to the airline store a lot a lot more to do but um but i bounced back and forth to all three of them unrelated to making a, a little announcement here I, um, uh, my, my wife, Chelsea, she's pregnant, so we're having a baby, which is going to drag me into my next wow, segment. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, I don't know about that, <laughs> but thank you, thank do, you, thank you. Do we have a, a reveal party planned, or do we know yet, or is it going to take a time before? Well, I mean, I would. Or is it going to be a surprise baby? It's going to be a surprise. It's not my idea. I'm not a big fan of surprises, but that's what she wants. She wants to, to have mm-hmm. a surprise, um. I think I can tell though. I don't know if you've ever seen those ultrasounds lately. Jeez, it's it's a it's like walking in a 3D room. It's almost kind of creepy. It's kind of uncomfortable. I don't really like it that much. But it's not like those old black and white sonar looking <laughs> ultrasounds. It's a uh, it's almost like a yeah. James Cameron movie. It's incredibly detailed. Yeah. Even at I think she's 13 weeks, so so very early, and you can still. You know, you can still definitely tell them it's a baby. But anyway, that brings me in to the next segment uh, about this. Sw- I mean, a bunch of people have told me, too, that as soon as you become 
apparent. Um, there's this odd switch that snaps, and you go into protective mode. You know, you get new locks, alarm systems, um, and this is an interesting point because a lot of people don't like, um, you know, there was an assault weapons ban in the, in the 90s that went to 2004. They're talking about another one. I don't know if you remember, but I've been telling you for the last year or so, probably longer, that there's going to be another one coming up. So get your guns, get your ammo, get your mags, and I think we are on the cusp of another one. So if you like me and you want to protect yourself, your family, if you don't have a lot of guns, um, get one soon. Um, but I can definitely see how it's, it's another level of wanting uh, a gun and understanding gun ownership and responsibility when you start to have a family. I mean, if they were to take all guns away or something crazy like that, it would leave me in this mm -hmm. crazy, you know, terrified position where you wouldn't be able to, you know, protect your family if something happens. So, um, so anyway, that was my segue into yeah. why I definitely want well, to hold on to I have a new member guns. of my family. Who's that? I have a new member in my family. I acquired a uh, Smith & Wesson 9mm last week. I was at a Safari Club International Banquet, and I won this gun. Well, that's a, I mean, that's the best kind of family member. They don't, they don't need to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. They never, they, they never <laughs> talk back and drive you crazy. Well, it does eat a little. It needs a little bit of ammo. I need to bring it over there with you too. And uh, I'm, I'm having a little bit of difficulty with a couple of things. I didn't get a whole lot of instruction came with it, and that's the first time I've had one like that. So uh, anyway, it's nice. Got a nice feel to it. I like it. I got a laser for it, and I need to get, I need to sight that in. And there's a little trick to windage and. And, uh, you know, moving it with the little Allen wrench. It's kind of like you do with a, shot, a, a rifle scope. It's almost the same thing. But anyway, that's, that's me. Uh, we need to talk more about this assault weapon thing. Have they defined what an assault weapon? When you say assault weapon, what do you think it is? No, Everybody's uh, well, got I mean, a different opinion what, of what it, an assault weapon. I mean, I can assault you with a Derringer. You know, that's an assault weapon if I use it in that fashion. Absolutely, absolutely. So an assault weapon uh, to them is anything that looks scary which is pretty goofy um but uh, the the technical term the the actual definition right if we're going to be be um not like the crazy democratic crazy people uh, the, the actual definition is that uh, it's a it's a machine gun it's a fully automatic uh, machine gun is the the easy simple term for it but i mean it's anything to them anything that looks scary you know anything that looks intimidating they're going to call it a, an that's assault going to be hard that's going to be hard to that's going to be hard to define when it comes down to stock numbers and model numbers that, that are going to be banned you know it's scary looking okay what's scary looking to somebody may not be scary looking to me right well we do a lot of news stories um unfortunately they usually come after uh, you know, something bad happens, there's a shooting or, or something like that. Uh, and we we tell them the same thing. We ask them to, to pick out, you know, a gun that they think that, that, that they want to ban, that they think is unnecessary, and they usually pick uh, two guns, right? One's a, um, what looks like an AR, and one is a uh, what doesn't look like an AR, but they both are ARs. You know, we build them, we kind of set them up to... to to catch them, you know, we tell them, is this an AR? And they, right, yeah, they right, say, no, right. no, that's not, that's not, shouldn't be banned. And we say, well, is this one 
Should this be banned? Oh, yeah, yeah, that should be banned. Well, that's the same gun. We just, you know, didn't put a pistol grip on this one, and this one, Cosmetics. same bones. Right, crazy, crazy, crazy. But, yeah, I think another one's coming, so if you listen to us and you, uh, you took our advice, you might be, um, you know, coming into a, a good windfall of of money if you, you know, if you bought a bunch of mags or if you uh, if you bought a couple long guns um every every six years or so it's very cyclical and i think we are on the cusp of another one especially with i know we talked a little bit about o'rourke um which i believe is how you uh, uh, pronounce his name he's um, looking to be a presidential candidate and uh and yeah he said straight flat out we're gonna come take your your ak's and your ar's Mand- mandatory buyback is what they're calling it so if he gets his way, he'll you know it would well, be illegal to Well, he didn't sell them to us, so how's he going to buy them back? How can yeah. he buy them back if Man. he didn't sell them to I us? Know. You know? Look, we're going to take a break. We come back. I want to talk more about his statement, exactly what he said, and some of the reactions. And I'd like to hear from some listeners uh, on their reaction when he said that. i tell you what. I happened to be watching the debate that night when he originally said it. I came out of my chair. I mean, it was just so off the wall. But, you know, we've suspected this. People who believe in the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, we've been suspecting this for years, but there's no more suspecting. It's out there now. They basically came out and in no uncertain terms said, we're coming for your guns. We'll be right back with Talking Guns, Devin Burgess, Don Dubuque, right after this. And I want you to get that phone number and our text message down if we'd like to hear from you. A couple of things. I'm still looking for people who experienced what I say is gun confiscation by New Orleans Police Department. If you were stopped for any reason and you identified yourself as a firearm owner and they asked you if you had a receipt or a registration, if you did not produce it, they took your firearm. I'd love to hear from you. Call us at 504-260-6368. Or you're welcome to shoot us a text message, 870-870. The other thing I'd like you to comment on is uh, this mandatory buyback or confiscation of AR-15s and AK-47s that Beto O'Rourke announced during one of the presidential candidate debates. What is your reaction to that? Devin, i got to tell you, a lot of people are just out and out said, no, they're not. They're not going to come take this gun. Uh, they mentioned a buyback, a mandatory buyback. But then, basically, I think the way he said it, he meant come to your door and by force, if no other means, take your firearm from you. Um, I don't know. That's <laughs> we, we suspected that this was underlying. And, you know, but I think even some of his Democratic friends – uh, who believe in gun confiscation, um, probably got on him about that because they didn't want him to be so blatant. Uh, as you know, it's kind of been a thing where you take one little piece at a time. It's like eating an elephant. You can't handle <laughs> the whole thing at one time. You do it in parts and pieces until it's all gone. And I think this was one of the, the big steps they took when they said they would actually come take your firearms. But gun buybacks in general. You experienced one that was here in New Orleans. Just about everywhere they've been held, they've been dismal failures. Explain how they work and how this one went bad. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I did go to that. I did go to the one in New Orleans. That was a disaster. I think we talked about it on here. But um, so it, it, what they did in Orleans Parish, um, I think that was like six. I mean, my, my brain, it's early. My brain takes a while to warm up. But I think it was like six months ago or so, six, six or eight months ago, maybe a year ago. Yeah, that's about it. Right. They um, 
the local uh, law enforcement, local uh, pol- politicians said, if you if you have a gun, no questions asked. If you have a gun, any gun, we're going to meet at this spot, uh, and we're going to give you $500 for it. Uh, that's what they said anyway. So I went down there, figured it would make good radio show conversation, and got there 15 minutes or so late, you know, about 15 minutes uh, after they started, and there was a line, it was at a church, so there was a line that went around the church, and then there was another building right next to the church, and then it roped around that building, Um, two big buildings, so I would estimate there was probably a thousand people there, maybe six or eight hundred people but there was a lot of people there was a lot a lot of people as soon as i get there i got in line figured i would be there for a while so started talking to a few people and before we finished our conversation a bunch of law enforcement showed up a lot a bunch of police officers showed up at least uh, eight or ten police cars that weren't there when i had arrived uh, and they came because they were soon to announce that they ran out of money i think they only brought um, a few hundred vouchers um, with them, and they were out of money. So now I am with hundreds of very angry people um, with guns standing outside this church, which could have, you know, taken a really, really bad turn. But, um, but I mean, that's what Orleans Parish did. When all their infinite wisdom, they said they were doing a buyback. You bring uh, any gun, no questions asked, 500 bucks. And they ran out of money in 15 or 20 minutes. And then they left hundreds of people very upset and angry um, because they weren't going to get any money. And and now, you know, that riot mentality kind of started. So I got out of there pretty quick. I didn't want to stick around and see where that led. And thankfully, it didn't turn violent. But, but man, I mean, how do you not see that one coming, huh? Jesus. You've got hundreds of people with guns outside this poor church. It was just not great. It was not yeah. good. Not good. So I'm guessing well, the it would ironic be something thing like about that. It, Go ahead. Yeah, the ironic thing about the whole operation was it actually, in essence, put more guns on the street than took them off. Because a lot of people, when they heard that, they went and bought cheap guns, new guns, and figured, well, I can turn a profit on this. You know, I'll buy a $150 gun. $200 gun, make 300 on it and go buy something better. So, but when they ran out of money and to, that you know, you don't return guns that easily. I don't think you can. What's the policy on a returned handgun? No, no, gun? you can't return guns. I mean, we buy used guns, but no, you can't return a gun. Once it leave once it leaves the building anywhere, um it's yours and it's it's um not legal the way that our computers and uh, NICs and FBI, uh, every, everybody's set up to where it's, uh, it's impossible to put a gun back on your books once it's been disposed legally and resell it as a, as a new gun. So it's, uh, there's a lot of forms and files that have to be submitted once you take in a used gun. So yeah, once it leaves, it's yours, um, which is funny that you brought that up because I spoke to I think I spoke to like six people, about six people, when I was um, when I was there waiting um, to see how this played out, and half of them, three out of those six people, uh, did exactly what you said. They went to Academy, they bought the cheapest, um, low end, just junk that they could find, uh, hundred bucks or so, thinking they were going to make a cool four hundred, and uh, nope, 
Nope, they didn't. So <laughs> it was just it was just so bad. It was yeah. terrible, terrible. But yeah, there's probably a lot more yeah. guns than than when they started. You know, at least a few hundred more in the parish of Orleans. Just such a mess. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if O'Rourke was serious or he was just trying to get votes by doing that, realizing that you know something like that could never be pulled off for a couple of reasons. One. You're not going to make millions of law-abiding citizens criminals overnight by outlawing something that they legally own. And then if you tried to do a buyback, which you didn't sell it to them, so it's not really a buyback. I guess it's just a turn-in program for money. Who's going to come up with all that money? And yeah, they people said, aren't uh, going to show two, up anyway. Two, so. If they just um, – oh, man, I should have wrote it down. I was reading uh, – I believe it was U.S. News, which I have another – segue after this to talk to you about that's interesting that just happened the last two days a couple days but um but yeah i think they said if if like 10 percent of uh, the people return their guns it would be billions with a b billions of dollars yeah yeah crazy well you know they can just grow that money tree and and use that money that they're going to do for health care universal health care and college education and, and pay people a monthly salary with no job you know that's just an endless amount of money and they just can use that same money to buy the guns back tell me about the news story you saw what was that all about yeah money tree hasn't been watered in a while so that's not going to work colt <laughs> u.s news staff writer for u.s news interviewed uh, right after it happened which it happened i believe on the 20th colt came out and announced that they are no longer selling long guns to the public uh, when they were interviewed, that's right, Colt, one of the oldest firearm manufacturers for red-blooded Americans, said that they are no longer selling long guns to the public, to civilians. When asked about it, they gave three totally different answers. First, they said that the market for civilian rifles is too saturated, which is why they're stopping production. Then they said, uh, well, so Colt, a little backstory. Colt uh, has always been very anti-civilian when it came to giving them um, what those people would call, uh, you know, assault rifles, any AR, any long gun, anything that looks like the military would carry it. Um, Colt has has had a pretty strong track record of not wanting to sell those firearms to civilians. So I think this is a way for them to get out of that market. Um, very odd that's a, that a manufacturer like Colt would be anti-civilian gun ownership, but they've had that reputation for a very long time. So anyway, they said the market is too saturated. That's why they stopped at least until sometime in 2020. Um, and then they alluded to the shootings, you know, that happen occasionally. There's terrible, terrible, very sad shootings. So they they say they're getting out of it for that. Um, so they gave a few d- different answers that don't really make any sense but um, but if you heard about it it is true colt is no longer manufacturing long guns so if you took our advice over, over the last year and you bought a an ar or a, um, any kind of long gun especially if it's made by colt it's going to increase in value exponentially in the coming months and possibly over the coming years so no more long guns from colt i thought that was very interesting uh, and miserable and sad and it's just not great Colt, can you believe it? Colt, long gun manufacturer. Colt, mm. not making yeah. long guns for uh, well, U.S. citizens anymore. I, I, th- 
Do you do you believe that's more of a, a, a based on on economics and business philosophy, or is it just kind of yielding to the antis? No, no, I don't. No, or I don't believe so. We have twelve distributors that we buy firearms from that that sell us our guns that we then sell to our wonderful customers. They, uh, it's always been hard to get to get Colt long guns if they. Uh, had the feeling that they are making too many that aren't selling, they need to hire somebody that is smarter than that because they don't have any to sell. You know, over the last year, our distributors have had a very hard time stocking Colt long guns because they're so popular. So, no, I don't believe that at all. We have a um, an interesting insight into that, you know, that world of manufacturing based on what our distributor has, how much they have in stock, uh, what guns are hard to get, what guns are easy to get. If they have 500 Colt 6920s in stock, then I would think, you know, maybe the, they they might have a point that it's too saturated. But no, they uh, never have any, any Colt long guns in stock for us to order um, reliably. And, uh, yeah, if they made a, a bunch more, they would sell a bunch more very easily. Um being that they've been so hard to get, but no, I think they, I think they just um, are are slowly getting pulled to that democratic way of thinking, and um, it's sad, but it's true. They're not making long guns at least for a while. Well, I can't agree with their philosophy because their users, their target market, are not the people they're trying to please. Uh, it, it makes no sense to me. Right, I agree. Yeah, after nine eleven, unless they actually believe. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to say, unless they, they really believe that, you know, people who are interested in buying firearms are only going to buy certain types and want those others banned and taken off the market. You know, they're trying to split the troops, so to speak. Right. I mean, the strange thing is that after, I'm not really sure where, if that's true, which I don't believe it is, So, but if that if, if that's what they really think, that the civilian market just isn't, buying enough of their guns to warrant them making more they don't have many uh, i'm honestly i don't think they have any um, military contracts anymore after 9-11 um, most people don't realize this but fn fabrique nationale um, took that contract from colt so fn now makes the m4 um, the m16 the belt fed saw so I'm not sure, I mean, Colt is slowly burning every bridge that they have, it would seem like. But, um, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, yeah, though. Well, you run, eventually they may run out of bridges. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue our discussion. We're talking guns. Tom Dubuque along with Je- Devin Burgess. We do this once a month right here on More Outdoors. 260 is the phone number. Text message board, 870-870. Back right after this. And welcome back in. Uh, Devin, uh, you wanted to talk more about the 1994 assault weapons ban? I did. So I like, uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you about it. So you um, were in the gun industry, well, you've been in the gun industry for a very long time, hunting and fishing. Do you re- remember that ban? I mean, I was Yeah, I, I do. What? How did that I, I go do. over? Uh, like a lead balloon, about like that. <laughs> you know, what they, they, they defined an assault weapon, if I remember, um, by semi-automatic that would take a detachable magazine 
and had a couple of the other following criteria. It was kind of weird. If it had a, a telescoping stock, pistol grip, if you could put a bayonet on it, like a bayonet is a weapon of mass destruction, uh, a flash hider, you know, the suppressor, uh, grenade launchers, that was what was considered an assault weapon in a rifle. If it had two or more of those things and uh, was also uh, a semi-automatic. Then if it was a semi-automatic pistol, uh, I believe there was some criteria dealing with the barrel, uh, and whether you could uh, attach an extender or a flash suppressor like you could on the rifle, um, you know, and it was, it, the, the shotguns were kind of the same thing. If your shotgun had a pistol grip or a detachable magazine or it folded, you know, then it became an assault weapon. Uh, it never was really clear, and I don't know that it really accomplished anything as far as the statistics that came out of it. Um, they said it did almost it did virtually nothing to limit crime. Right. I mean, I remember. So that's um, why it was not renewed. Right. I remember reading uh, a lot about it in years past, and it's uh, it's funny you say that because yeah, the, every every place I've read, even pro banned you know sites people um, say the same thing. You know, they they admit that through that ten year period, um, it was identical to other you know years years past and since that um that gun crime didn't go up didn't go down it's it, it did literally nothing but did the people uh, i mean do you remember people putting up a big fight or did they just kind of roll over and did it was there you know a lot of buzz it wasn't about it? The, no uh the opposition wasn't nearly as strong as, as what it would be today uh, right. For whatever reason, I, I, I'm not sure, but people just, I, I guess because it limited so few weapons and maybe the people that uh, didn't oppose it but really weren't for it just remained silent, didn't say anything. But I think today it's different. I mean, people are very vocal now. And, you know, back then there was no social media. You know, there wasn't the communication that people have now and people can find things out, you know, much quicker now and get things more in-depth and get more opinions and, and, and find out information across the, the globe, really, instantaneously. And I think that has some impact on it, too. Right. So I've been looking a lot. I, so so the people that aren't super familiar, there was there was actually two um, bands. There was a, a 1986, um, which is actually, by definition, the assault weapons ban, that banned um, over-the-counter sales of machine guns and, um, and a couple other Class three items. But you can buy a machine gun now. It just has to be made before 1986. And that happened in 1986, and now those are all registered. And then in 1994 to 2004, which I think is what we're going to see very soon, well, I think a lot quicker than people might might think there was another assault weapons ban what they that's what they called it anyway that um yeah it limited what you could own in the way of flash hiders and muzzle brakes and pistol grips and a lot of the ak's yeah i couldn't have a pistol grip but uh, this goofy looking thumb hole stock that you kind of stick your thumb and and hand up under um, but I think that's what I, I honestly think that that's what's coming next. It's sad and unfortunate, but um, if I was a betting man, I would think in the next year or so they're going to push for um, for another one. 
I think they're going to push for another one, especially if they get a, a Democratic nominee uh, in the White House. I think they're going to really push that hard again. Uh, I didn't know this either. 17 states um, since August have enacted that uh, some form of that red flag law that we talked about last month or last radio show, which again is, oh my mm-hmm. God, I don't see how, man, I just, I don't know. Man, I mean, I'm, I'm young, I'm not smart, I don't claim to be a genius, but I, I don't see how that is, anybody can get behind something like that. That red flag law, for those who don't know, is any anybody can call anonymously, which is another big point, anonymously, they can call local law enforcement, and without cause, um, they can come in and take your guns until uh, there's either a court hearing or you, um, I, I guess you have to apply to, to prove that you're not crazy or whoever told the local law enforcement you were crazy, um, you know, that they were wrong or it was a disgruntled employee or an ex-girlfriend or an ex-wife or you know, an ex-wife's new husband or your neighbor who doesn't like you. or I mean, that's so anti-American. I, I don't see how anybody can think that that makes any sense. I mean, without without any uh, hearing, they just they can just come and take your guns because somebody, um, somebody reports you as being unstable or, I mean, I don't know the criteria for it, but, uh, but yeah, 17 states now that that is a, uh, some form of that red flag law is enacted, which is, yeah. I mean, it's so terrible. Well, well, hopefully those forms that it was in was modified from what the one that was proposed generally, where it didn't take much to get your firearm taken away from you and you had to go back and, and get it reinstated. It may have been that they passed with a lot of, spec- you know, heavy requirements that you get uh, a court order before or you know you have to that person has to have been psychologically evaluated before the gun's taken there might have been some very tough stipulations at least i'm hoping there were now some states no i think they probably just went carte blanche and if i say uh, devin burgess shouldn't have a gun they're coming to take his guns and keep him from having them but yeah that, that is some scary stuff and i'm sure the next time they go for an assault weapons ban if they can ever get determined what is an assault weapon uh, they're going to go to make it permanent it won't have a sunset on it like the last one did it, it was a 10-year period and they evaluated it later and the evaluation showed it had a, virtually no effect on on homicides with firearms or uh, did anything to to stop crime either so anyway they they there's going to be attempts you're right at doing it uh, I don't think that anything is going to come out of this anytime soon. I, I think the, the gun, the Second Amendment uh, crowd in this country is still very vocal. They're very strong. They vote. And I really don't see it happening. Although, you know, you're seeing some progress being made on the other side by some of these manufacturers and retailers who are kowtowing uh, to those groups. But guess what? That just makes it better for places like you and I. Yeah. We've got to take a break, Devin. We're going to come back, and we're going to hear about our gun product of the month, John Knipe, a Magpul Manufacturing, and I'll tell you about some accessories. We'll be back to do that, and then we'll wrap it up here for another edition of Talking Guns. You'll listen to Don Dubuque and Devin Burgess right here on More Outdoors, WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Good to you. I think you're, I think you're not giving each other, yourself enough uh, credit, though. I think you're the Oz, the guy behind the big curtain at the, uh, at the end of Oz. So we got a few... Great things that came out uh, in 2019. We're gonna. We usually do a gun product of the month. We pick one item, but we're gonna 
do Magpul as the gun product of the month. We got three or four different uh, really exciting things that y'all have came out with that I'm sure will take the gun world by storm. The first one is a 50-round drum that works. That That's works. the key part. See, most people, you can get a 50-round drum, but it usually doesn't work. We got a 50-round drum in 308 that works for your AR-10, right? We do. Um, yeah, anybody can make a drum. It's getting it working is the hard part. That's right. I made a drum. Doesn't work. Yeah. Magpul, 50-round drum, it works. So what uh, is that something that the consumers uh, has been fighting you for for the last 20 years, which, by the way, happy anniversary, 20 years in business. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a big landmark, and we've actually got some of the original employees still here. How um, you like that? Quite a few. Most of the, I think the the first five, they all still work. Wow, that is um, pretty good. Usually yeah. they get you know big heads and they go move on. No, you must have a good thing going. So we'll that do. works in uh, that 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 50 round drum that works in most AR-10 configurations, or is it proprietary? Or so anything that uses SR-25 pattern magazines. Um, we based it off the SR-25. They've got one of the best platforms, and it's it's standardized. So. Uh, DPMS uses them, and most people that make a large frame AR-15 use that SR-25 pattern magazine. Um, we developed a 60-round drum for 5.56 a couple years ago. Gotta and, love uh, it. Yeah. Love it. Got it. Own it. Shoot it. Love it. We learned so much from that guy that uh, it was uh, it was logical the next thing we make is going to be a 7.62 drum. 50 rounds turned out to be the right compromise of weight and size, and um, like you said earlier, it runs. That was the that was the hard part, and it sure does. So Magpul, for those that don't know, and if you're in the gun industry, I'm sure you know. But you know, we'll give them a break if they don't. Uh, started 20 years ago with making a, uh, a hard polymer, hard plastic mag that worked and was affordable. Actually, the the first product was the Magpul that the company's name came from. It's a rubber sleeve that slipped over a GI AR-15 magazine huh. that you could use to pull it out of pouches. Uh, the military had been using 550 cord and duct tape for decades, and our founder was a recon marine and wanted to make a better way to retrieve your mags from a pouch, so it's the, the Magpul. Ah, learn something new every day. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know it, but that's good stuff. So do y'all still make that original thing? I mean, I guess not. Huh? You Absolutely. just make a better mag. Oh, you do? Every you still day. make it? We sure do. That's good stuff. They'll fit our mags. They fit GI mags. They fit most AR-15 uh -huh. magazines. All right, so we're moving on to the next whopping mag you got, and that's CZ and MP5. CZ uh, makes a Scorpion. We're not going to talk too much about CZ because we're here to talk about Magpul, but they make a Scorpion that's uh, a, a semi-auto pistol caliber large you know like sub gun yeah. uh, and uh, mp5 hk same thing but very expensive magazines y'all have found a way around that so for the scorpion um they made a good magazine for it uh it was designed to be polymer from the beginning which made it easier for us because we weren't trying to offset the size difference in a metal and polymer mag um, and then we came out with a grip and a mag release for the Scorpion also. Um, for the MP5, they, they do a good magazine. Uh, so we chose to approach the grip module and the handguard and the safety because those were the biggest areas for improvement. So no MP5 magazine yet, but we've got a full furniture suite for K-size and full-size guns with M-lock slots. Uh, a new grip housing and an ambi safety that you can change the levers from side to side and pick the size and profile that you like uh, for ambidextrous use and uh, 
So Magpul, in my opinion, has become so popular because y'all make stuff that works and it's usually cheaper and better, uh, you know, well-made than everybody else. And it's much, much cheaper. I mean, those mags that we were talking about before and the furniture and all that stuff, usually two or three times the price as you can buy a quality Magpul part for. How did y'all get around beating everybody out of price and quality? Is there a secret in that Magpul factory? It, it shouldn't be a secret, but, uh, you know, oftentimes we, we do things different, and uh, it, it's very simple. Value proposition. We want to provide the customer a top-quality product that will compete with anything in its class at, at a price that's reasonable, leveraging our design skills and manufacturing methods. Um, so you get the performance of a product that might traditionally be much more expensive at a, at a much lower rate. You know, value per dollar is one of the driving factors of how we make stuff. So people that want to buy that drum for that, uh, that AR, what's the price on that? I mean, a lot of people, um, if you buy an import mag or some other mag that's, that they're selling online, it's, you know, a few hundred dollars for a big high cap mag. Sure. What's, the, what's the MSRP on that 50 round 308 drum? 149.95. That's pretty good. That's about half the price as, the, uh, as all your competitors. And I saw in your catalog the CZ mag is like 20, 25 bucks or something, think, something crazy. Uh, Man, there's so many things. Prices kind of get jumbled. I believe the CZ Max 19.95. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So under twenty dollars. Yep. I mean, that's great. All right. So I see. Not to take up too much more of your time, but I see some pretty cool glasses in this case next to you. Y'all are making eyeglasses too. We do. Uh, yeah, we make sunglasses that have. Uh, they make you see better. That's what I need. A little bit. Um, depends on the environment. They certainly can. Uh, we offer polarized and non-polarized lenses in a number of coatings, and uh, they're all ballistic rated. So that's what we were going after with the eyewear, that you could get something that was functional and looked good, but also protected your eyes to ANSI Z87.1 or MIL standards. So you're getting the protection of a ballistic glass with, uh, w without the styling of a traditional shooting glass. I got you. So yeah, we've had two or three, uh, two or three of your polarized glasses in the store. I think uh, they start at like a hundred dollars or something like that, like ninety bucks, maybe, maybe a so little less. We do a non-polarized gray lens. It's eighty-nine ninety-five, and then depending on the options, they go up to one sixty-nine ninety-five for some of the more expensive coatings with polarizing. Uh, they all come with a hard case, so you know you're not tacking a twenty to thirty dollar expense on top of it. It comes in a polymer case. That's great, man. That's good stuff. I am very excited. John, thank you for talking to me. Magpul, great stuff. 20th anniversary. Congratulations again. A bunch of new good stuff. We're going to get it all in the store. And uh, if the people, obviously they can't they can't see it because we're on the radio, but where can they go to view um, your new products and, and all your product line? Magpul.com or almost any gun shop in America. Jefferson Gun Outlet. Don't forget it. All right, Magpul.com. Thank you, John. Can I... That's it. Man, I'm a, that's a good name. It's a good name, John Knight, Product Development. Thank you very much, and I hope to see you again soon, maybe even in the store one day. Hopefully. Fine job on the interview, Devin. Fine job. Um, what's going on at the store this weekend? Any uh, concealed carry classes taking place? You know there is. We do one every Saturday. If anybody's looking uh, to get a concealed carry permit, we do it at the Shooters Club in Harahan, Louisiana. <clears throat>
your uh, renewal class starts at 10. If you're renewing a permit, it's about an hour, ends at 11. And then our first-time class for first-time concealed carry applicants uh, starts around tw uh, 11. So you get there 1045 or so. It'll start around 11. Um, every Saturday. We've done it every Saturday since Katrina. And then if you want to shoot some of those machine guns we were talking about, the uh, airline store and range is open seven days a week. Um, every day from 10 to 7. The range is open from 10 to 8. They're open an hour later. And then Sunday, they're both open from 11 to 6. And you guys have uh, technicians there on hand if someone needs a repair on a firearm? We do. We um, we don't have a licensed gunsmith, but if you want to install sights, uh, especially if you buy them from us, it's free installation. If you're looking to replace furniture on your long gun or your handgun, we can do pretty much all of that. If your firearm's broken and you bought it from us, another thing that we do is we insure all of our new guns. So even if the manufacturer you know, gives you a little runaround, all you have to do if you've bought a gun from us that's not working, just bring it in and we'll get it fixed for you. We'll either get you a brand new one or uh, ensure that the manufacturer fixes it in a timely manner. All right, sounds good. Thank you again. Great show, Devin. Good job on the gun product interview. We really appreciate it. Look forward to our visit next month. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. You need to come by the store soon. I will come be. I, I'm going to bring my new little uh, family member and uh, maybe shoot on the range a little bit. Thanks. I appreciate it again, Devin. Take right, care, brother. my friend. Talk to you later. This is the North Shore Fishing Report with host Keith Lusher. He'll be hearing from Andy Jones, Wicked Fishing, Chris Basie on bass fishing on the North Shore, and Amanda Moore from the Mississippi River Delta Program talking about the upcoming Conservation on Tap event that's in Slidell. I'm on my way to Slidell. Wild Game Seafood and Barbecue Cook-Off, Fritchie Park. Come see me, and we'll see you again next week with another edition of More Outdoors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.